Welcome to another inspiring message from LifePoint Church, recorded live in Adelaide, Australia. It is our prayer that you would experience the life-changing power and presence of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. Enjoy. If you've got your Bible with you, why don't you turn with me to John chapter 11. John chapter 11 and verse 1. It says this, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I want to jump down to verse 21. It says this, Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Verse 43, it says this, Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes and just pray for one moment? God, tonight we thank you that you're a miracle working God. We thank you that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is here in this room tonight. God, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. So God, we ask tonight that faith would begin to arise in every heart. God, we ask you to come and speak into every situation. God, come and do what only you can do. We honour your presence, your power, your word and your will. And God, tonight we thank you in advance for what you are going to do in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen and amen. Thank you, Daniel. Can we give Daniel our amazing keys player a hand? He's awesome. Amen, amen. Awesome. My message tonight is called, He's Working On It. He's working on it. I want you to touch your neighbour and say, hey, he's working on it. He's working on it. I want you to turn to the person on the other side and say, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Don't even think about touching me. The Bible tells us uh, that a guy named Lazarus was sick and he was from a town called Bethany, a town called Bethany. Now, in the Bible, when we see words or names of places that start with the word Beth, It literally means house of. So when we see the word Bethlehem, it means house of bread. When we see the word Bethel, it means house of God. And when we see the word Bethany, it meant house of affliction. House of affliction. And when we see these words, they're telling us about a place. They're describing the place. So it tells us that Lazarus was from a house of affliction. He was from a place of affliction. And the Bible tells us that in their moment of affliction, Mary and Martha and Lazarus called on Jesus. They invited Jesus 
into the place of their affliction, the place of their problem. They had a problem, and so they invited Jesus into the problem. And church, it's important to know that when we're faced with problems, we need to know that problems are not indicative of the absence of his presence. Problems are not indicative of the absence of his purpose, and problems are not indicative of the absence of his power. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So the Bible says that Jesus hears the news about Lazarus being ill. And the Bible tells us that Jesus waits for two whole days before he does anything about it. Uh, I don't know if you've ever uh, been sitting at home and you've texted someone, you're supposed to be somewhere, you're supposed to be at an appointment, maybe you're supposed to be at work, you're supposed to be meeting somewhere, you realise that you're running late and so you text them and you say, hey, I'm on my way. But in reality, you're sitting there on the lounge, you're in your dressing gown You're watching The Bachelor, you're eating your Doritos, your M&Ms, you're sipping on your 7-Up, and you're nowhere near where you're supposed to be. You say, hey, I'll be there in a moment. I'm on my way. Jesus pulled one of those ones, but he didn't even say, I'm on my way. When Jesus heard about Lazarus, the Bible says that all he said was, this will not end in death. He did not say, I'm on my way. All he said was, this will not end in death. In other words, I'm working on it. He's working on it. See, it looked like Jesus was delayed. It looked like Jesus was late. But in fact, he was not delayed. He was right on time. Jesus knew what he was doing. He was working on it. And so the Bible tells us that eventually Jesus shows up after Lazarus had died. He had been in the tomb For four days, and the Bible tells us that many had come to console Mary and Martha. It's important for us to realize, they didn't realize this at the time, but it's important for us to realize that Jesus had not just come to console Mary and Martha like everybody else. See, Christianity is not about a crutch for the weak to lean on. Christianity is about Jesus showing up in power and moving in the midst of our circumstances. Jesus coming and bringing life to dead places. Jesus came and he showed up to do something, to move in a powerful way. See, it looked like Jesus was late. It looked like Jesus wasn't doing anything, but in reality, Jesus was working on it. See, while Lazarus was waiting, Jesus was working. While Martha was wondering what was going on, Jesus was working. While Mary was weeping, Jesus was working. The whole way through, Jesus was working. It's important for us to know that when we reduce his purpose, his presence, and his power to the limitations of our perception, we end up living in the pain of what could have been or what should have been. But when we choose to live by faith and not by sight, when we choose to live by what we expect to receive rather than what we currently perceive, then we live in the unlimited potential and power and possibility of the promises of God for our lives. He's working on it. He's still working. He's still speaking. He's still saving. He's still moving. When God performs miracles... 
doesn't just perform a miracle. See, when God performs miracles, he also reveals himself through that miracle. Miracles are not just about changing something, they're also about revealing someone. And God wanted to reveal himself in the midst of their circumstance. And so Jesus reveals himself to them. In this story, we see that Jesus was working on one resurrection, but he was also working on three revelations. And so tonight, I want to have a look very briefly at these three revelations that Jesus was working on in the midst of the miracle. Three things that Jesus revealed in the midst of this miracle. Firstly, to Martha, Jesus revealed his purpose. To Martha, Jesus revealed his purpose. It says, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. So Martha comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, if you had been here, My circumstance wouldn't look the way that it does. But she said, Jesus, even now, I believe. Even now, I know that you can move. Even now, I know that you can do something. Do you know, sometimes when we are faced with disappointment and discouragement, sometimes when we've been in a place for so long, it's easy to render ourselves ineligible for a miracle. Maybe we think miracles are just for the people in Africa or India who don't have access to healthcare. Maybe miracles are only for the people who get whacked with Benny Hinn's jacket. Or maybe miracles are only for the people who haven't been to the same altar call for the same thing more than three times. But Jesus says, you are eligible for a miracle no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your situation, no matter what you're going through, even now. She says, even now, I believe. Even now, I believe. Is there anyone in this room tonight who would say, even now, I believe. Even now, I believe. And Jesus turns and he says to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So Mary has an idea that Jesus' resurrection power will be at work on the last day. She said, Jesus, I know that you're going to rise again. I know that you're going to raise my brother from the dead on that day. But what she did not know, that Jesus' purpose and his resurrection power was not just for that day, but Jesus' purpose in resurrection power was also for this day, that here and now. His power was for today and he wanted to move in her life today. I don't know if anyone else grew up watching Captain Planet. You know, Captain Planet, he's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero. Earth, wind, fire, heart, whatever else it is. Water, thank you. Captain Planet. I used to love Captain Planet as a kid. And it's only now, watching back over Captain Planet videos on YouTube, that I realized that Captain Planet had a hidden agenda. But in fact, it wasn't so hidden. 
It's right there in the song. Captain Planet, he's our hero, going to take pollution down to zero. Captain Planet had an agenda to take pollution down to zero. So no wonder my generation is obsessed with the environment. You know, vote Greens. I don't vote Greens. I pledge my allegiance to Scott Morrison and the party for which he stands. But no wonder, but no wonder we're obsessed with the environment. No wonder because Captain Planet had an agenda. Captain Planet had a purpose. Captain Planet had a plan. Do you know what? Jesus isn't just floating around heaven aimlessly patting a sheep and stroking a harp. Jesus has a plan and he has a purpose and he has an agenda. He has an agenda for your life, for your miracle, for your problem, for your affliction. He has a plan and a purpose. And when we know that his purpose isn't just about that day, about the resurrection, about heaven, his purpose is also for this day, for today, we can believe differently. See, when we have a revelation of God's purpose, it changes the way that we believe. The second thing that Jesus revealed is he revealed to Mary his presence. He revealed to Mary his presence. In verse 32, it says this, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, And the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And the Bible tells us that Jesus wept. Mary had an encounter with Jesus. She got closer to Jesus than she had ever been. Rather than just sitting at his feet, this time now he is weeping as she weeps. The Bible tells us that we do not have a saviour who is unable to sympathise with us in our weaknesses, in our afflictions, in our trials. He was closer to her than she had ever known. And she discovers a revelation of his presence in that moment. We see this because in a few chapters prior to this, we see that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. With the Mary and Martha situation, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. She prioritizes the presence of Jesus. But we just see her sitting there at the feet of Jesus. One chapter later, after this encounter happens, after she has an encounter with the presence of Jesus, we no longer see Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Instead, we see her worshipping Jesus extravagantly. We see her pouring out a jar of perfume of everything that she has, saying, Jesus, I value your presence. She starts wiping his feet with her hair. Why? Because when you have an encounter with the presence of Jesus, it changes the way that you worship. You can't sit there anymore. You can't just stand there anymore. You have to give him all of you. You have to give him everything that you have. Why? Because when we have a revelation of the presence of Jesus, it changes the way that we worship. It changes the way that we worship. The third and final thing that we see Jesus reveal in this story is that he reveals to Lazarus his power. He reveals to Lazarus his power. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you 
that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes on his face. And he was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. We see here that Lazarus came into contact with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit before the day of Pentecost. Lazarus had a special preview of the power of the Holy Spirit. Lazarus had a limited edition encounter with the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit, an advanced screening of the power of the Holy Spirit. So I wonder, on on that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell, I wonder if that day when they were in the upper room, if because Lazarus knew the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, I wonder if he was the first one to receive a tongue of fire on his head because he knew, I've been here before, I know what this is about. All of a sudden he's got this tongue of fire on his head and he's got the power of God on his head. Peter turns to him and he's like, Lazarus, what's that tongue of fire? All of a sudden, the power of God hits Peter and he's like, there I go, falls onto the ground. Modesty cloth gets placed on him. (laughs) The day of Pentecost, Lazarus already knew the resurrection power of God. He had an encounter with the power of God. And do you know what? When you have an encounter with the power of God, a revelation of the power of God, it changes the way that you live. It changes the way that you live. We see that Lazarus, after he had encountered the resurrection power of God, the Bible tells us that everywhere that he walked, he was a walking, talking advertisement for Jesus. This miracle shut down the ministry of Jesus. Why? Because after this miracle, nobody could let Jesus go on with what he was doing. People were getting saved too fast. People were coming to know Jesus too quickly because everybody who saw Lazarus and everybody who talked to Lazarus was like, surely Jesus is the Son of God. Surely Jesus is the Son of God. Thousands of people start to follow the ministry of Jesus because of Lazarus. Why? Because when you have an encounter with the power of God, it changes the way that you live. Maybe if uh, the band could join me. It changes the way that we live. You know, so far I've been talking about what Jesus was working on in the midst of the miracle. What Jesus was working on in the midst of their affliction But we also see in this story uh, that Jesus gets the people involved in the miracle. Why? Because the Bible says that faith without works is dead. The Bible also says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we see that Jesus wanted to get them involved in the miracle. Even though he was working on it, he wanted them to start participating. He wanted to get them in the midst of the miracle and activate their faith. And so Jesus asked for them to do three things to activate their faith for the demonstration of his power. The first thing that he asked them is in verse 34. It says, and he said to them, where have you laid him? Where have you laid him? And so Jesus asked them to take him to the place 
where they lost their hope. Jesus says, I want you to take me to the place where you gave up. I want, it, I want you to take me to the place where you stopped believing. I want you to take me to the place where you got tired. Take me to the place where you thought all hope was lost. Take me to the place where disappointment set in. Take me to the place where you thought I wasn't going to come through for you. Take me to the place where you thought I'll just leave it where it is. Do you know what I believe tonight that Jesus is asking us? When it comes to the miracles that we're believing for, when it comes to our afflictions, the problems that we're facing, those things that we're believing for, maybe it's been a long time. Maybe you've stopped going to altar calls and you've stopped stepping out in faith because you've said, hey, the disappointment is too much. The discouragement is too much. I'm too tired. I'm too weary. Hope is too far gone. Jesus says to you tonight, I want you to take me to the place. I want you to take me to that place. I want you to bring me in to that place. The second thing that Jesus says is he says to them, roll away the stone. Roll away the stone. Take away the stone. Martha says to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for days. Now, there's many reasons why they didn't want to roll away the stone. This is my dumbbell. I use it occasionally. <laughs> it's five kilos, and that's pretty heavy for me. And uh, so it's hard for me to move it. It's hard for me to lift it. The reason why I move it is because when I move something heavy, it builds my muscle. When I move something heavy, I know that it's building my muscle. Jesus said to these disciples, Jesus said to these guys, hey, I want you to roll away the stone. The stone wasn't a little pebble. The stone wasn't just something small that they could just shift away. The stone was a tombstone that would lock these people in the grave. And so it was something big. It was something heavy. It was something that was hard to move. But Jesus says, I want you to move what is heavy. I want you to move what is difficult because it's in the moving that your muscle will be built. It's in the moving that your faith will begin to arise. Your faith muscle will begin to build for that miracle that I want to take place in your world. Jesus says, roll away the stone. What stone is Jesus asking us to roll out of the way of this miracle tonight? That stone of disappointment, that stone of discouragement, that stone of fear, that stone of pride, that stone of cynicism, that stone of hopelessness. What stone does God want us to roll away tonight? He's saying, roll away the stone. The third and final thing that Jesus says is He says, Lazarus. Come forth, Lazarus, come forth. Verse 43, it says, Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. The third and final thing that Jesus asks us to do is to respond to his word. When His Word is spoken into our situation, even if our situation doesn't line up with His Word, when His Word comes and grabs a hold of that situation, His Word begins to transform the very nature of that situation to begin to align with His Word. He asks us to respond to His Word, not to respond to the way things are, not to respond 
to my circumstances and my previous experiences. He asks us to respond to the Word. Respond to the Word. God wasn't only moving in resurrection power at the tomb of Lazarus or at the tomb of Jesus. The resurrection power of God is still at work here and now, today in our generation. God is raising the dead. God is healing the sick. God is setting people free. God is moving in our generation and we can access the miracle working power of God here and now, in this time, at this moment, in this hour, in this place. God is moving in this place. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Church, please visit our website, lifepointchurch.com.au. 